Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. Today and every day, reaching out for innovative ideas in every way. Today's show is brought to you by your future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. Ladies and gentlemen, the best neighbor any of us has ever had, Fred Rogers. For giving generation upon generation of children confidence in themselves, for being their friend, for telling them again and again and again that they are special and that they have worth. It is my honor on behalf of everyone here and on behalf of the millions of children whose mornings you have brightened with your kindness to present you with this Lifetime Achievement Award. Oh, it's a beautiful night in this neighborhood. <laughs> so many people have helped me to come to this night. Some of you are here, some are far away, some are even in heaven. All of us have special ones who have loved us into being. Would you just take, along with me, 10 seconds to think of the people who have helped you become who you are. Those who have cared about you and wanted what was best for you in life. 10 seconds of silence. I'll watch the time. whomever you've been thinking about, how pleased they must be to know the difference you feel they've made. You know, they're the kind of people television does well to offer our world. Special thanks to my family and friends and to my coworkers in public broadcasting, family communications, and this academy for encouraging me allowing me all these years to be your neighbor. 1997, Fred Rogers accepts the Lifetime Achievement Award at the 24th Annual Daytime Emmy Awards. Some eyes got a bit misty during those 10 seconds, and you might be wondering why I played that. Well, Christmas is a good time to stop, take a breath, and reflect. Oh yeah, spoofed by many, including myself, Mr. Rogers was host and writer of possibly the only true reality TV show ever. And it actually had a neighborhood titled Neighborhood of Make-Believe, just so his young watchers could learn the difference between real TV and pretend TV. He was way ahead of his time. Those uninterrupted 10 seconds of silence. 10 seconds to think about people that made you who you are. It's a flashback that reflects where you are now and how you got there. What the journey was and was it a cool one? Did you have any fun? 
My guest Sandy Murchie and his family were neighbors when I was growing up and instrumental in my life, especially musically. Sandy and I were in a rock band that played thousands of hours together and opened for great artists including Hart, The Ramones, Dr. Hook, and Lee Michaels, among many others. And so in 2016, I was considering doing a podcast and how utterly unqualified I was to do a talk show-based podcast, this very podcast, I bounced it off my buddy Sandy. We concurred that without a shadow of a doubt, the podcast idea was really stupid and that I should do it. And that's how we've always done everything, Sandy and I. Well, 167 episodes later, with thousands of listeners, I'm finally getting my lifetime best freaking fracking friend forever, the guy that said to do this podcast, Sandy, on the show. And now finally, here he is 59 years later after I met him as a fireball kid from a kindergarten in a little one-story elementary school on Cherry Street in Aberdeen, Washington. In the following conversation, my guest and I are talking about the song The Murchie Brothers, Dick and Sandy, with guitarist Maitland Ward, recently recorded I Believe in Father Christmas, a song written by Greg Lake, originally performed by his trio, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. My guest, his voice, the song, and the message of enduring friendship, I feel is perfect for Christmas 2020. The first time I heard that song, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, uh, and it was Dick, of course. He, he was always the guy with the albums. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know if it was one of those times where you guys called and said, come over and listen to this album, but I happened to be there, and, and he put it on. So that was the first time I heard the song. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I think it was late 70s. Where did you record it? Well, Dick did most of the most of the tracks at his place. Um, you know, all the keyboard stuff and synths and everything. And I did some scratch vocal stuff here at my place, and then I did the final vocal back at his. So pretty much most of the stuff was done at Dick's place. And then Maitland Ward sent in some guitar stuff, which was really cool. So he was in California then? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. always some long distance. I have yet to do that. That's pretty cool to do the do the long distance stuff, you know. I want to learn how to do it. I'm guessing it was Dick's idea to do the song. Yeah, actually, it was. He called me up, uh, just you know, a couple. It was like you know, a few weeks ago, and said, "Hey, we still got time to do some do a Christmas song or whatever. Maybe we could throw it out on YouTube or whatever." And I said, "Yeah, sure." Let's, uh, so we kind of went over a few songs and tried to find something that that uh, you know we both could agree on, and he came up with that one, and I just jumped on it. And said, yeah, that's perfect. It is. Yeah, you done good. You know, for me, the you know the the vocal range and all that, it was it was kind of a no brainer. They said there'll be snow at Christmas They said there'll be peace on earth But instead it just kept on raining A bale of tears for the virgin birth I remember one Christmas morning A winter's light and a distant choir And the peal of a bell and that Christmas tree smell And their eyes full of tinsel and fire They sold me a dream of Christmas They sold me a silent night They told me a fairy story To 
For the listeners who don't know of the characters we speak of, Maitland Ward is the guitar player from Hoquiam. Yeah, he played with Madonna and Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald, and all kinds of all kinds of people. He's played with the Murchie Brothers now. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. You guys are as good as anybody, and and Dick, of course, is your older brother. And I grew up with you guys. I met you in. 61. I did the research on this. JFK had been in office since the prior January, so he was, you know, just getting going there. Uh, I think uh, right. <laughs> Alaska and Hawaii were new states. When we were born, there were like 13 colonies and the flag looked entirely different. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was kin- kindergarten when we met, I believe. Yeah, and uh, you invited me over for lunch because you lived right across the street from the school. And yeah. that, that's where I met Dick and Kathy, your brother and sister. And the first thing I remember about them is they were arguing about something. It, uh, uh, yeah, probably who was going to go have to go first play, uh, practicing the piano. So, oh, something I, like that. Uh, and then I moved up on the hill and didn't see you for a few years, and the next thing I know, the phone rings, and it's you saying, hey, we moved in across the street. Well, it wasn't directly across the street, but it's a block and a half away. And I, yeah. yeah, just down the alley. Your family ended up being my family, really. I was over there. We did sleepovers all the time, and the music thing, and uh, yeah. wow, what, what a great thing. So it was a huge part of my life. Yeah, well... I, I always uh, I always remembered the first time coming over to your place. You know, your your grandma mm. answered the door and just kind of looked at me and <laughs> was kind of like, "What do you want?" <laughs> and what a great lady she was. Yeah, you do, know, do you remember Christmas? She'd make shortbread all the time. 
Oh, love that stuff. Oh, yeah. And then there was a cookie drawer. And I, you know, <laughs> I never had to knock. I got to the point where I, you know, when I came no. over, I just walked in, came up through the basement and <laughs> headed straight for the cookie door and then asked where you were. So It was awesome. Yeah. The funnest yeah. times ever. Right? Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of fun, you know, there's uh, spent a lot of time together. So what are your recollections? Do you have a favorite band that we opened for? Oh, um, tough question. I don't really, really, (laughs) I don't, not, I guess not a favorite band, but, uh, you know, when we open, I guess the biggest, uh, thrill or actually the, the, the funniest one was Lee Michaels, I guess. That's what I was going to go for. (laughs) (laughs) Lee Michaels, uh, he, he was quite the character. Uh, I have a friend over here named Graham, and he's the only guy, really, unless I go, you know, you know, start naming awesome song <laughs> names, because people know the songs, they just don't know who did it and what the titles are. Oh, right. But Graham, yeah. my friend, he was like, oh, God, he's my favorite, he's my favorite. And I'm like, well, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. believe this story. We we did well. We got an encore, and he didn't. And, yeah. And he mooned the yeah. audience. That's what I remember yeah. from that concert. Yeah, it came out and yeah, in the audience. It was it was hilarious. Yeah, and then he and then I didn't go, but he he ended up going down to the rocker. Yeah. And uh I don't I don't remember who was playing down there at the time, but they had a B three. Mm-hmm. And he did, he went, I guess, you know, they asked him up or, you know, he wanted to come up on stage. Hell yeah. He went up and just, and just killed it. Cause remember he didn't, he didn't play a B3 when he, I know at the, at the concert, it was, it was this kind of funky electronic deal. Yeah. Electronic, uh, I don't know piano of yeah. some sort, but, but it was, it was weird. And the drummer, his drums were out of garbage cans. Remember that? Yep. Yeah, they were galvanized garbage cans. They were galvanized garbage cans, and it was a weird. It was the weirdest thing. And, and it wasn't that he sounded bad or anything. No, no. But it just wasn't what everybody expected, you know. And, I remember you asking him, asking him what he had been doing because he'd been gone for, you know, he did really well, and then he disappeared, and he said he was in Hawaii surfing. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll look at him and be like, you don't look like a surfer to me. Yeah. He wasn't even tan. <laughs> he was kind of chubby at this point. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Just me. But yeah, that was fun. He was kind of a character. Of course, playing the Paramount was kind of a rush. That's that's a hell of a big place. You know, it has like eight seats more than Carnegie Hall. I counted them. No, I looked it up, actually. Uh-oh. I thought, because Carnegie Hall, yeah, people say, well, I played Carnegie Hall. Well, it's eight seats smaller than the Paramount in Seattle. So there. Oh, well, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, if you're ever on Jeopardy and they ask that question, you'll be ready. Uh, Yeah. Who will be the next Jeopardy host? (laughs) I'm thinking it's going to (laughs) be Sandy Murchie. No. (laughs) No. Santa Claus for 600. Yeah. And there you go, Grandpa. Grandpa Claus. <laughs> That's just it. Yeah. If I went through all the stuff we did as children, it'd be so out of context, people wouldn't know what the hell we're talking about. But suffice to say, everybody's probably got a friend that dates back to way before puberty, you know. And uh, yeah, 
And you and I were basically either in the same room or the same building or on the same team or in the same band or something for, you know, 20 years. Uh-oh. Yeah, I, long time. I can't say that about anybody else. So uh, <laughs> we got along yeah. somehow. We never got in fights. I don't know what the deal was. No, uh, no. I think they're just, you know, typical kids. And of course we, uh, well, we, uh, I think we both had kind of the same sense of humor. So that, was that it. helped. Yeah, that was it. You know, it was all about the humor and having fun. And it was and talking the... like, talking like English guys and oh, with our Mason uniforms on. And yeah, talk like that all day long. How, how about this? The first song we wrote together I want a banana. I was just going to say, I want a banana. I know you do it. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and I love bananas. So whenever I eat a banana, I, I think of our song. And... Yeah. Yeah. What, what was on the B side of that? It was oh, uh, Blow Joe from Blow Joe. Idaho. Joe Blow, Blow from Joe Idaho. Or... Yeah. It was a Joe Blow. Blow yeah. Blow Joe from, Blow Idaho. from Idaho. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Yeah. So I really yeah. think it's a double sided uh, hit. Yeah, maybe it should have been Blow Joe. Mm-hmm. That would work. It know. could be a rap song now. And what was it we played on? It was that old Wurlitzer that that Dick got. It was it was a little Reed electric piano. I think half the reeds were busted. And it sounded cool though. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, you it could had play. a little amplifier inside it. And Dick taught me how to play Louie Louie the Kingsman style on that. And it sounded authentic, I got to say. It was pretty cool. But yeah, yeah. your drums, tell us about your drums. Oh, the drums. Um, Pots and pan drum set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a big kettle and <laughs> for the bass drum. And yeah, it's, I mean, there's not much to say except pots and pans, literally. Uh, they yeah. had dents. They had dents. Yeah, they had some dents. Yeah. You went ginger baker on them. I think at one point I tried to hang some lids from the pots and pans from the ceiling with some string or whatever to yeah. use as a symbol. And yeah, yeah. They, they were, you were they, good on them, though. I mean, nobody could make uh, them sound quite like, like you could. And, yeah. And then sing lead at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Did we always want to have a band? I can't ever remember not wanting to do it. Uh, yeah, I think it was just that Beatle thing, you know. I guess Beatles so. came out and... Well, and then I remember you, you were, you got into the ventures because I guess because of Rob, I think Rob got into yeah, your brother, Rob. My oldest brother got me play guitar with the ventures and it was a good way to learn yeah. how to arrange music. Cause it had the, you know, minus the bass and then minus the lead guitar, minus the rhythm. Guitar. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I learned secret agent man and walk, don't run and a few songs that I never played again, but you know, it was kind of good to learn yeah. those things, I guess. I don't know, but. Yeah. It was never as fun as, as the garage band stuff. And we never actually played in a garage. We always played in an attic or a rec room. Yeah. And, oh, until Tippett. Well, we played it. Tippett, we played above a garage. Yeah, it was like a barn. What was that building? I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was a, was a barn, but <laughs> I don't know. How did we ever get that crap up, the, up those stairs? <laughs> it was a built in ladder. It was a little bit wider than a normal ladder, but yeah. Uh, Steve Tobeck, our bass player, and hi, Steve, if you're out there listening. Yeah, he had a, a Sirwin Vega cabinet that was the size that of a refrigerator. Cabinet. Yeah, it was easily the size of a top-mount no-frast refrigerator. Yeah, I used, 
I tried to go have a smoke about the time that came out of the yeah, truck. I did smoke, so I was always stuck with that. Not really. Yeah, you and Gary. You guys worked your asses off. I remember you and Dick working in the, it was a shake mill. It was your dad's shake mill. And you'd show up at yeah. practice with sawdust and wood chips in your hair. And uh, yeah. to me, we invented the grunge look, but we just looked that way. I mean, it wasn't done intentionally. <laughs> so yeah, right. When it came out, it was like, uh, hey, man. We did that already. That That's just the way we looked. Yeah, that was, um, I don't know, how long did we do that? We did that We before we even played. Once we got the band together, I think we played uh, or practiced out there for, what was it? It was almost a year before we even played out, I think. Yeah, it, nine it, was. Months. So it was. close. It was close to a year before we even had our first gig. And, and what was cool about it is, you know, we, we did so much original stuff. Yeah, that that's a whole show in itself. Why we shouldn't have done original stuff, but we did anyway. And it ended up yeah. working out pretty cool because we, especially playing the rocker, because the same people came and they were familiar with the songs and they'd request them. Yeah. And that got pretty cool. And, and we went on and did a bunch of bunch of other covers. We had to play Ted Nugent, Led Zeppelin. You were good at Robert Plant. That was cool. We did yeah. Blue Oyster Cult, Uriah Heep. You were good at that. Uh, Turns out you were the best oh, goddamn God, lead singer I ever that. played with. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I forgot about that. Stealing. Stealing. Yeah, stealing. You know that Father Christmas song? I listened to it uh, once when I first saw that you guys had it on YouTube. And maybe another halftime mm -hmm. when I was kind of waiting around this morning. And it was stuck in my head all day long. And it's, you know, how that goes. It's good. Yeah. You got a jukebox Earworm. in your head. Yeah. And so, so it was good talking to you. I think I got it out of my head now that I'm nursing a cup of yeah. coffee. Well, yeah, it's a good song. I was, I thought it was a good choice to do. And, you know, it's, uh, I like the lyrics and, and stuff, you know, it's, uh, it's just a, it was a great, great song by Greg Lake. And it was fun to do. They said there'll be snow at Christmas. They said there'll be peace on earth But instead it just kept on raining A bale of tears for the virgin birth I remember one Christmas morning A widow's light and a distant choir And the peal of a bell And that Christmas tree smell And their eyes full of tinsel and fire Life was meant for good friends and great adventures. Merry Christmas. They sold me a dream of Christmas. They sold me a silent night. They told me a fairy story till I believed in the Israeli life. And I believed in Father Christmas. And I looked to the sky with excited eyes. I woke with Eon in the first light of dawn And I saw him and through his disguise See you now. 
let your road be clear. You've been listening to the Better Each Day podcast radio show with Bruce Hilliard. We'll be back with a new horizon, but until then, honor the future. It comes with a lifetime guarantee. We're all just trying to make the next day a bit better.